Welcome to another episode of Triggered Wrestling. We just got done watching AEW Dynamite. We watched Monday Night Raw. We hung out with Thunder Rosa, who gave us the lowdown on what AEW is doing. Just kidding. She did not. But she did tell us about her match that's going to be coming up at CMLL. Make sure you check that out. All that and more on this episode of Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome. All the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay. Well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it. Well, of course you to watch Trigger Wrestling. What's up, Adrian? I saw you mark out when you met Thunder Rosa. That was pretty funny. I know, bro. I, I don't know. It's just usually I'm not a shy guy or I get nervous, but I don't know. I, I think I just got starstruck, bro. Yeah, I mean, you weren't even like that with Mick Foley, who's a bigger name. You're just, it just was Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, <laughs> I just froze. I mean, it could be her looks too or something, but I don't know. I just froze. I could just couldn't speak for some reason. Yeah. You know, to be honest, right, when I came up to talk to her, she was focused on my daughter. So I'm just like, I'm just going to stand here and record stuff and take pictures because she drew on my daughter's face. Aww. She did like a one of those uh, Mexican sugar schools, sugar schools on her face. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we had a good time at the barrio. We got to shoot some content, met some amazing people as we usually do. And I always like that it's different people all the time that we get to talk to. Like there's a guy with busted open radio stuff and he got that signed. It was pretty interesting to see all these uh, new people at the barrio. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to go over there, shake some hands, meet some people, shoot some content, especially too. I just like chatting with fans and see what they think about wrestling. Cause I know we all don't think the same. And that's what I like about, about what we're doing, chatting with fans online and mainly in person too. Cause we may like the same things, but we like the same things differently. You know what I'm saying? Like you like Seth Rollins for this reason. Somebody might like Seth Rollins for another reason. And you would think like, Oh, that actually don't like that about Seth Rollins. I just like interacting with people, you know? Especially in person. It's just so different, honestly, because online, you, do, you get a lot of people that are just toxic. They're just complaining, blah, 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 blah. It's different in person. They're not going to be rude to you. So make sure you go out and just attend some indie events, attend some events with actual live wrestling fans, have some conversations. They're very awesome. Yeah, and you, not even just wrestling. Just go out to conventions, too. Uh, just comic book conventions. You know, there's a few people out there that know a few wrestlers here and there. Well, enough of that. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. We're going to start off with of what we thought were the highlights, the lowlights, and the ugly lights of AEW Dynamite, because that's the show that just ended right now. So the show does start off with John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Hook, and Orange Cassidy. This is just a match to set it up for the pay-per-view. Any highlights here besides the fact that the Blackpool Combat Club won, Adrian? No, not really. Um, I do like to point out that once Yuta was in the ring by himself with Hook... The crowd got dead silent, and it looks like most of those people are listening to you mainly because they were chanting, You the sucks, you the sucks, bro. I started dying. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he has legit go away heat, but at least he's getting a reaction. So I guess Tony Khan is going to be keeping him on TV because people don't like him. He's getting some reactions now. So please don't react to him, people. Just stay quiet. Because <laughs> you're giving him a fucking chance here. Yeah, that is true. They should just stay quiet like they do over there on Raw with Dominic Mysterio and making the hey, production crew pipe damn. in the booze. You know what? So I'm not going to lie. They do pipe in booze, but there is a lot of people booing. It's just to create the increased ambiance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's just that. I mean, but just let's keep that. that. No, 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 no. Let me interrupt you, bro. 
let's keep that same energy because this production crew of AW Dynamite was trying to show the crowd singing the song and everybody they pointed the camera to was not singing the song. What song? The Judas in My Mind song for Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nobody knows that song anymore. Nobody really sings it Nobody anymore. cares, bro. That's piped in crowd noise as fuck right there. They used to sing it a lot. Not anymore. I think last time. Actually, I don't even think they sang it at Wembley. Mainly because Jericho was singing the whole song. But it's not it's not as popular as it was back in the day. That's true. But you know what? So let's move on to this promo here for uh, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page. And to me, this was a low light to the show. To me, Adam Page is literally just saying these things to Swerve because that's all his character does. He just takes cheap shots at people. He took cheap shots at CM Punk. He's taking cheap shots at Swerve because he knows he can't get hit from him. It's like, who's really the heel and who's the baby face here? At least in my point of view, he brings up the fact that he doesn't see his kids. He went through divorce. He got fired from wwe the crowd goes wild but to me it was just kind of like i've seen this already this is what hangman page does whenever he's in a feud this is character i guess i'm, I'm not a fan of hangman page so to me this was a low light adrian what are your thoughts wait, wait so let me get this straight you hate when people bring reality into things you hate when wrestlers take cheap jabs at other wrestlers for the purpose of a story? When it revolves around WWE and being like, you're stupid, that's why you got fired two years ago. Like, come on, bro. That was the only line. There was that, and he was also, you can't see your kids. Yep, that's personal. He went to Adam Page's house. Yeah, I'm like I mentioned, bro, I didn't like it. To me, it's just like, you know, fuck, bro. Like, Swerve is better than this, and uh, he's paired up with Hangman Page. Yeah, so again, let me ask you again. Do you hate cheap jabs? To get a reaction out of people. Is that what, what you just said earlier? Like, nah, yeah, I'll, 10 I'll, seconds I'll say that. I'll say that, yes. Oh, okay. Cheap jabs, right. yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll make sure to write that down for later. Write it down. Write it down. All right. So, you got anything you want to say about that promo? No, I think that, I thought the promo was great. It was phenomenal. I don't know why Pepsi Phil got really butthurt over that. I mean, you have to bring some reality into wrestling. That's what old school wrestling used to be. They used to bring reality and real life feuds into the wrestling ring. You know, to me, I think that was great. I used to like it back in the day. I like it now. But yeah, it added more reality to the beef and the fact that they said we can't physically touch each other, right? And he went and attacked Prince Nana and then Tony Schiavone was like, oh yeah, remember Prince Nana was also in Hangman Page's house. So I'm like, okay, Hangman Page has a reason to attack Nana, not just because, oh, why did he attack him? Is it randomly? No, we all saw the video. We all saw Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana at Adam Page's house. So that's the reason why Adam Page attacked Nana. And it was great. And you see Swerve Strickland just standing there like, oh, fuck, I can't touch him. I'm gonna get fined. I'm gonna get suspended or something. I'm just gonna let this happen. And security team had to pull Hangman Page out of Nana. I think it was great. It was a great buildup. Can't wait for round two. Speaking of a couple rounds here, we do get Red Velvet versus Sky Blue for the AWTBS Championship qualifying match. I feel like this match was supposed to happen like on Rampage or Collision. Oh, no, that was Red Velvet versus Ruby Soho. Never mind. I retract my statement. We get this match today on AEW Dynamite. Sky Blue wins, solidifying her position in that match. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm liking how Red Velvet hasn't been on TV for a while, but she's still getting some pop from the fans. Sky Blue is also very popular with the fans as well, and it was a great match. Some people online were saying it's the Blood versus the Crips. Tony Khan's booking gang members into AEW Dynamite, but I mean, I like him. <laughs> Blood and Crips. So let me ask you this. Do you like Sky Blue's finishing move? 
Yes, I do. You do. Okay. I myself personally not a fan of it. It just looks kind of weird. And essentially what I thought would eventually happen kind of happened today. Uh, I mean, it's just Red Velvet has been out of the game for a little bit. So kind of sad to see that this is the first time I've ever seen somebody botch that finishing move. But uh, to me, I don't like it. It's just like a kind of like a weird roll up thing. But um, I know that's going to be on Botchamania at some point. Moving on, we get Samoa Joe versus a somebody. I don't even know his name. A jobber. And then after Samoa Joe squashes this guy, he introduces himself says that he's from Los Angeles, he's from Southern California, and that he offers his services to MJF once again here. Adrian, are you a fan of these squash matches? No, I'm not a fan of squash matches. You know me, bro. If I ever have to trigger energy for WWE, I have it for AEW. I, I didn't like it at all. I mean, Samoa Joe could have just said this in a, in a backstage promo or a vignette. Um, there was no need for this squash match. Speaking of squash matches, we get a promo later, like a video, a pre-recorded video segment of Wardlow in the ring, and he's talking, and then some random dude just stands up behind him, <laughs> and then Wardlow ends up teeing off on this guy, and then he's stomping out some other guy, and then he clotheslines, which appears to be Jack Cartwheel, who challenged for the AAA World Heavyweight title like not too long ago. That was Jack Cartwheel, right? Yeah, that was Jack Cartwheel, and then the first guy that, that was behind Wardlow... It reminded me of that useless guy, that giant that's in WWE that used to be in the Wyatt family, the tallest guy, the useless, whatever his name is. Braun Strowman? Champ. Yes, that <laughs> The useless champ. guy? Fuck yeah. that, bro. <laughs> yeah, him. It was just kind of weird, man. It was it was a weird segment, but I mean, I liked it. It, it was one of those veer is coming into Raw things. Yeah, it was, yeah. But the thing is that Wardlow has already arrived. Wardlow is already in the arenas. True, true, true. But I, I liked it because it shows him that he's he's on the TV screen for us. After that, we get a recap. Tony Khan announcing the AEW Continental Classic. American Dragon Brian Danielson will be in participation in that Continental Classic. I didn't notice this on Saturday when it first aired. Is that this event starts on Saturday, right? The 22nd. But this guy still has his eye covered? Like, come on, bro. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you're so you're not you're like you have your eye covered but you'll be ready in a week that's that's over the top kayfabe right there dude yep yep they're gonna try to make the fragile american dragon they're gonna try to make him look strong and i, mean, I don't see a problem with it but i don't think he was injured in that uh what was it his orbital bone i think it was just yeah i think it's just questionable at this point that yeah. they're just making him look weak and fragile get that like oh my god he he just had a broken orbital bone a couple of days ago yeah. Yeah. Or he's going to start by losing like two matches. Then he's going to like win the rest of them and be a come from behind victory. Who knows? But here we go. This is just one of those medium lights here. Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson versus Commander and El Pentalcero Miedo. And uh, the Young Bucks were going to win just from clearly paper. This is a tune-up match. They have a match on Saturday. They were going to win. The way they won, to me, solidified them as being heels, which they are now officially heels. And was a little bit sloppy for me. I mean, he, he did the low blows, but how did he know when to do the low blows? How do you know that the ref was not looking when he did that? It just happened that, that the ref wasn't looking or what? Are you asking me that question or are you asking yourself I'm just question? asking in general to somebody. Like, to me, I was focused on Nick Jackson, right? Because he had just came into the ring fresh. Sorry, which one is the Nick Jackson? Which one is the balding buck? Matt Jackson? Bro, you Nick care J about the useless stuff. You never heard of a wrestling script, bro? I mean, I heard about the script, bro, oh but the fucking ref is, is the goofiest motherfucker. And it's that, so you it's don't that, watch WWE then? Let me tell you this. It's that fucking ref, dude. Rick Knox? That wasn't Rick Knox. 
Was it? The bald guy? There's another bald guy. There's only one. Oh, shit, bro. I don't know, man. Well, either way, yeah. to me... It was on the wrestling script, bro. When this happens, that happens, then Rev is going to turn around for a specific amount of time, give two low blows, give the gun, two, three, bam, go. Bro, that's I understand the, that. Are you really complaining about the wrestling script, bro? I'm complaining oh, because bro, I'm it's too bring, choreographed. Let, let me tell you I'm about to this. bring hella shit just now. You are like, opening a can of whip-ass you don't want to open, bro. <laughs> Bro, let me explain to you, though. But at least try to act like you looked around oh. to see all the ref isn't looking. He just fucking <laughs> went for it because he already knew it was in the script. That's what I'm saying. That's my issue with this. He didn't look around. He just fucking did it. And just all it happened that the ref was helping his brother behind him. But he didn't fucking know in the first place. It just kind of happened. Either way, Adrian, you said you're not a fan of these these squash matches. But then we get the ass boys versus who? Who are they fighting? I have no idea. No fucking idea. And you're right. I don't like squash matches. And they delivered a promo at the end. And they could deliver that promo in a vignette or a backstage segment or an in-rig segment. There was no need for this squash match. Yeah, there was no need for the squash match. They should have put in an actual tag team match, another tag team, and cut down at least five to ten minutes of this next match, which was the Don Callis family versus uh, Kenny Omega, Cody Obushi, Chris Jericho, and Paul White, the big show. Damn they cuts. Uh, to me, it was too long. Adrian, what do you think? You see that big show? He didn't even move from the ramp. He just stood there. Yeah, he just stood there. He waited for them to come up running up on him and then he walked his ass to the back and then go ahead adrian yeah i had a feeling he wasn't gonna do that that ramp walk but yeah you're right he just went to the back and started fighting with will hobbs i mean he did choke slam kyle fletcher from the ramp that was his only highlight and when he got body slammed into a car that was about it yeah he didn't do anything it was it was like those matches with the undertaker where they're cinematic matches but they're cinematic backstage segments during a live match yeah <laughs> they're like all right he's in position let's look at the big show oh he's been down wheel will hobbs all right let's go back to live action and then it's like back to the big show oh shit <laughs> will hobbs putting his ass through, through the limousine <laughs> and then he's out for the entire match that and the match was like at least i want to say the match was at least 30 minutes i want to say it was like at least 30 minute match started at what 25 6 15 ended at 6 45 around there around there 10 minute mjf promo uh he got injured relatively early in this and then it was, after that was four on three it was a gimmick match with the bicycle kota Ibushi. i'm not gonna hate on that they're trying to kill time the video game studio paid for probably for 30 minutes promotion time and they got 30 minutes promotion time the only see and, and i just complain about these nitpicking things so at the ending the only issue i really had was when kyle fletcher does like that pile driver through the chairs right he lands on his knees kodabushi lands on his head but then how the fuck is Cody Ibushi the one that gets up before kyle fletcher kyle fletcher is out for the rest of the match for that <laughs> move but kodabushi <laughs> is the one that's up and at him at the end bro it doesn't make sense it does not no it does not i mean he is hanging out with the young bucks now so i mean they do have a little bit of that modern medicine going on over there so I mean, you probably took that before, during the match. I don't know. But yeah, that was a questionable spot. I don't know if you saw, uh, it looks like Kenny Omega cut his hand open when he cracked that bottle on Kyle Fletcher's head. He was he was holding on to his, his hand, making it look like he, he got injured. So, 
I don't know if that's going to come into play later on or if it was just a little little scratch. I think it was leaking from his hand. Ooh, no, I didn't see that. I wasn't paying too much attention to it. it. Like I mentioned, it was really long, dude. It was just so long. And then at some point, Konosuke Takeshita, something happens in the like concession area. And then I don't see him anymore after that. What happened? Who? Konosuke? Or Konosuke Takeshita. I remember he was beating Chris Jericho's ass up there and all of a sudden he, you don't see him anymore. Oh, yeah. He was on top of the soda refrigerators and then... Chris Jericho hit him with fire extinguisher. And that took him out for the whole fucking match? That I don't know. Maybe he just... Oh, no. He gave him a Judas effect after that. Knocked him out. So so that knocks him out, bro. But not going through a pile driver through a bunch of chairs. Vergas, bro. (laughs) Man, bro. But either way, I just think that shit's so, so funny. Like, it is what it is. But it's, uh, it's one of those matches. But at the end here, MJF cuts a promo... Adrian, what is it? What is a promo about? Promos about MJF basically calling out Jay White and the Ass Boys, basically the whole Bullet Club Gold, and saying that he's gonna retain his AEW World Championship and he's gonna beat the Ass Boys as well too, because he is the Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Pretty much, I wouldn't say your typical uh, MJF promo, but he, he laid it down for for business for full gear. And it's business for him as usual. Uh, his best friend Adam Cole is out. So he might need a partner. He might need another friend for full gear. And like we were saying in our episode, it's, it might be Samoa Joe. And it could be uh, the Roddy and the Kingdom also helping him out against Bullet Club Gold. But I don't know. I, I, I still think MJF is going to come out on top of both matches. All right, so we'll see what happens here. Listen to our prediction episode, see how that goes, play along with us. So moving on, let's go backwards in time. We're going to Monday Night Raw right now. The show starts off how they usually start off. People in the ring talking, talking, talking. Who is it? It's Cody Rhodes. It's main event Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins. They're talking. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes got beef. This sets up the main event of the, of the show today like it always does. Adrian, we've been WWE fans since birth there's the lacuna from the crib so we know how these episodes raw go down i don't think there's really much to say here about repetitive shit right so this is why i don't watch wwe raw live it's unwatchable i cannot pay attention it's just so fucking boring i mean we knew from last week what the teams were for war games right yes we did then why did cody come out and say let me introduce you to my war games team or to my team like bro we already know we know who these people are you don't have to come out and fucking deliver a 10 15 minute promo on these guys just so you could get interrupted like usual from the judgment day come on man this is and even the match after that it was yeah pretty mid it was mid it was dominic mysterio jd madonna versus Sami Zayn and seth rollins uh Sami Zayn and seth rollins win by disqualification because finn balor and damon priest come in and help them and you know it's it's those typical matches i mean judgment day they're heels yes that's what heels do not really much to say i call it c plus play from wwe you've seen monday night raw you know how these segments go yeah i mean come on dark order from wish match you already know the numbers game are gonna come into play yeah. yeah. So after that, we go to commercial break. Ray Ripley's arguing with Adam Pierce, and she's interrupted by Stoey Stark talking about their future match at the PLE Survivor Series, right? Yes. Wait, hold on. Before, I thought the match ended in no contest. The Seth Rollins. Well, those are disqualification, no contest. I mean, it's the same shit. Yeah, because if it's no contest and it's a uh, nobody won. If it's a DQ, then somebody won. Well, I thought it was a DQ because of Finn Balor and Damon Priest got involved. Yeah, because I mean, 
I don't know. I'm lo- I'm looking it up through uh, cagematch.net, and it's literally saying it's no contest. But you're right. Dark Order from Wish did interrupt. So if they did get interfered in the match, why isn't it a DQ? I don't know. Maybe this website is wrong. Whatever. Yeah, bro. Stop getting your news from Mark Podcasters, bro. Moving on to Zoe Starks. The poor girl, man. Nobody cares about her. She came out with zero pop. She's trying to make it look like she's a threat. Zoe Stark says, I'm inside Rhea's head. And then she starts mentioning all these other stuff. And that, yeah, Rhea Ripley has Judgment Day business. Like, the match going on in main event. War games. Or she might be worried about her little Dominic Mysterio. You are not in Rhea Ripley's head, bro. You just explained all the things that are in Rhea Ripley's head. Except you. So, how is Zoe Stark in Rhea Ripley's head when War Games, the main event, which is the tag team champions versus Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso and Dominic Mysterio. So she doesn't even know how to put herself over anymore. So I'm like, come on, man. Did she not get the script? <laughs> what are the writers doing, bro? What are <laughs> they doing, bro? I thought the strike was over. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, she said, I'm in Rhea Ripley's head, but then mentions other things that are in Rhea Ripley's head. And not once did she mention Zoe Stark. So I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? And all this trash was in what, 44 minutes? Like three, yeah. two long ass pro. The promos were longer than the fucking match. And the match was mid. The issue I have with WWE is just it's a so long three hours. They need to cut it down to two hours because a lot of these segments are filler segments like this one. I, honestly... Cody Rhodes, where they just tell that dude, see, and I like Cody Rhodes, but they just go out there and, hey, Cody Rhodes, can you just go out there and, and do your five minute promo in, in 20 minutes? <laughs> yes, I can do that. What do you guys want to talk about today? <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. But, you know, you mentioned Zoe Stark has someone on their head. Shinsuke Nakamura's got someone on his head. We don't know who it is. But he's the one that knows. And Well, we see that guy at Survivor Series. They're going to show up at Survivor Series. It's going to be Shinsuke versus somebody, I'm assuming. I don't think it's just going to be a stare down. I think it's going to be an actual match. He's been winning this entire match against people in the Alpha Academy faction. And usually, I'm not a fan of this. And I'm not a fan of this, except for it's something for him to do while he waits for whoever he's waiting for to show up yeah no i I just hate no i was gonna say i i'm a fan of alpha academy but they're getting treated like shit here especially when they're a tag team yeah sam i'm not a fan of squash matches um similar to the ass boys they've got a title match coming up this weekend uh shinsuke nakamura does not have a title match but he does look like he has a worthy opponent coming up at survivor series i mean if you if you want to get ready for a match the match of your life or something right you better go up against tough opponents. Opponents that can be a threat to you. Like the ass boys fighting jobbers. Come on, bro. Samoa Joe fight a jobber. Come on, bro. You think a jobber compares to MJF? You think whoever this mystery opponent compares to Takazao? Nakazao? What was his name? Tozawa. Tozawa. Otis and, and Chad Otis? Gable. Yeah. Actually, the Chad Gable probably, if they do have a match next week, I don't know if they got announced, but if they have a match next week, yeah, it it's going to be a banger match. It got announced. Yeah, so after Shinsuke beat Otis, and it was actually a good match. It was entertaining. I forgot how decent Otis is in the ring and how exactly how he got over. Um, They had a good match. I mean, it's good by WWE standards. Of course, it's not as good as a typical AEW match. You know, WWE, it's a WWE typical match. It was good, right? It was longer than usual. It's those surprise bangers that they've been having. 
But this, after the match, Shinsuke attacks Chad Gable. They're going to settle this next week because there's one more week till the (laughs) pay-per-view. That's that's essentially what's happening. So is Shinsuke doing what you hate, which is fighting other members? Yeah, I just said that like five minutes ago, Fighting all the members of the faction to get to the big bad boss? Damn. But there is no big bad boss unless it's fucking Kurt Angle, bro. (laughs) Chad Gable is the big bad boss of the faction. True. Well, true. But I mean, who? Alpha Academy? Jason Jordan, bro? Kurt Angle? Somebody. Who the fuck is it? Is it CM Punk? <laughs> Ooh, could be CM Punk. But then Bro, that would suck, knows? though, because then that would mean they build up Shinsuke to lose. And he finally got a good gimmick. He really does have a good gimmick, bro. But if they make him lose, then what's the point of that? Well, I guess it depends to see who this person is. You know what I mean? Is it Randy Orton? I don't think. Mm, he could hear voices in his head. Exactly. Who fucking knows at this point? But there's a couple things that happened after Raw that kind of, uh, you don't know who it is. But essentially, moving on from this decent match, we get a snoozer, Piper Niven, and Tegan Knox. We get women's matches, but this one, I mean, yeesh, Dewdrop, Tegan Knox, not a fan of either of them. Tegan Knox wins via pinfall. And don't get me wrong, nothing against these girls. They're getting their TV time. Dewdrop, for some reason... I just, when it was Halloween week and she was coming out in costumes with Chelsea Green, I don't know. I was like, oh, damn, Piper Niven's doing really good in these costumes, especially when she came out as uh, Natalia's dad. Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, damn, I, I think I might like her from now. And and no, I, I don't. I, I think it was just the costume <laughs> that she was wearing. And no. <laughs> just yeah. the wrestling I, nothing against her in personal or nothing just I don't know I'm just not invested in her just yet and same with Tegan Knox. yeah Tegan Knox has has been getting a push then gets injured comes back gets like a two week push gets injured and it's like the fifth time that this happened because I know it happened in NXT also on top of the main roster but the most interesting thing about this match was Chelsea Green on the outside and entering yeah. <laughs> her entrance so it is what it is so is Tegan Knox the, the CM Punk of WWE right now <laughs> She's the fucking Daniel Bryan of WWE, bro. Fucker dude's always injured. So after this match, we get Ludwig Kaiser versus Tommaso Ciampa in what I thought was going to be a win for Tommaso Ciampa. And I was wrong. Ludwig Kaiser wins. Yeah. Oh, nah. I did not see Tommaso Ciampa winning by far. I I will say this. I didn't think Ludwig Kaiser was going to win by Vinci's assist. I thought they were going to kick him out like 10 weeks ago. I thought so too. And he got kicked out of ringside this week. This In this match, he got kicked out of ringside. Then he came back and he helped him back. out. Yeah. So what's up with that, Brian? It was just, I mean, he got kicked out. He comes back. You know, typical heel thing. I didn't expect it. I still, Like I mentioned before, I thought Tommaso Ciampa was going to win. Ludwig Kaiser wins. So what's his face is all excited for that. Gunther. Yeah. This leads to another woman's match. Indy Hartwell versus Zia Lee. When this happened the first time, People were calling for her head. They said she's an unsafe worker. Remember when she did this in NXT? Xia Li kicks Indy Hartwell in the head and the ref calls it. Like I mentioned, it would be ref stoppage. This is a gimmick, people. She didn't really kick her in the head. This is a good fucking gimmick I think they got going for Xia Li. She's got some dangerous kicks. No, this is boring. I, I I think I know where you're talking that kick you're talking about in NXT. It was against Mercedes Martinez. And when that happened, <laughs> Mercedes Martinez literally put her head down. So it was all on her. She put her head down and literally dome to the mat. The dome met the mat first before the body hit, and that's how she got injured. Then with Candice LeRae, no contact was made. This week, some contact, but it was light. And I don't think Xia Li got the script because her facial expression was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Get up. 
it up. And then the Rev is just looking at her awkwardly like, bro, it's part of the script. The match is over. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, even, even Jaya Lee and the fans were like, wait, what's going on? What? What? Did we get the script? This is just poor booking. I mean, it's not just the booking. It could just be Zaya Lee for not remembering the script. If Zaya Lee acted tough, like, yeah, standing tall and on top of her opponent, I would be like, damn, those are some dangerous kicks. But the fact she didn't do that? She's surprised by her own power. I oh. get what you're saying. Either way, I'm excited by this dangerous one kick woman. Then we get Ivar versus The Miz. And The Miz wins, bro. That's two weeks in a row, Adrian. <laughs> you I, must be triggered. Didn't they tell you that's what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. We already know he's going to win, bro. Yeah. They told you. Yeah. So it was a pointless match, pointless waste of TV time. This whole episode was filler episode for her. I don't, this whole episode was below mid. You know? We have people not remembering scripts. We have people getting banned from ringside and then coming back, ignoring rules. We have a general manager who tells uh, Rhea Ripley, You guys don't know Monday Night Raw. You guys forget I own Monday Night Raw. Bro, it's been six months and you finally have the balls to say that? Come on, bruv. Zoe Starks says, I'm in Rhea Ripley's head, but then mentions other things that are in Rhea Ripley's head. Then Gunther is pleased at Giovanni Vinci after wanting to kick him out for weeks? Bro, this whole episode is fucking ass. It's not ass, bro. I mean, there's it's ass. There's at least an hour of this show that can be thrown away in the trash. But to say that the whole show is ass because of a couple segments is, is a little bit ridiculous. I just mean, like, all the segments we just went through, bro. <laughs> nah. But you know what? Who did we see was Jinder Mahal and in this year to say that they need to talk to Adam Pierce to see why they have not been booked for a match, probably. <laughs> why you keep sending us the wrong address to, to, to these tapings, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but he threatens Kaiser saying that they should choose their ne- his next move wisely. Uh, but at least the tag team division is getting some love here because then we get to see the Creeds, uh, Chad Gable, the Alpha Academy, Akira Tozawa. We get to see the New Day doing their weekly tag team babyface gimmick where with Akira Tozawa uh, doing his little dance and the whole uh, Tozawa, that's nasty. That shit's so funny to me. Nah, that shit's still cringe to me. It's just like... Yeah, no, I'm not. That's I'm not with that. That ain't it, my guy. That ain't it. So we get this rematch: Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Main event: Jey Uso. This is a good match, back and forth. You expect the Judgment Day is gonna win by some outside interference, and they do by none other than Drew McIntyre has now joined the dark side. Has joined the Judgment Day. Is going to be the fifth member of that Survivor Series War Games match. So that means that Cody Rhodes got another person to choose, right, Adrian? Yes, he does. But before I talk about that, let me talk about when Drew McIntyre entered the ring. Yes, the fans gave it away by a lot. But I don't know if you noticed, Jay Uso was outside the ring. Drew McIntyre was right there waiting for him to stand up. The ref is in the corner on the opposite side of the ring talking to somebody, making sure they're okay. As soon as Drew McIntyre delivers a claymore, picks up Jay Uso and puts him back in the ring, out of nowhere, the referee just stands up and it's like, okay, let's go, guys. Match restart. Let's start the match again. And then Drew McIntyre just walks away all menacingly. So is this too choreographed, Brian? Do no, you say so? No, because the ref just finished up his business, bro. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, okay. It's not, if he, the ref finished up his business. The wrestler not even looking around <laughs> to see. It's not the ref looking around. to. You know, it's not. What's his name? Fucking Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, the balding buck to look around and be like, okay, now it's okay for me to do low blow. He's like, he just literally just fucking did it. So he could have got disqualified, right? Technically. Hey, that's a shot you want to take. Bro, that's a nut shot. 
They don't matter. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. That was, that was too little gimmicky if you ask me. That was too choreographed. It was like pitch perfect. Go back and watch it. It's like as soon as Drew McIntyre puts Jey Uso back in the ring, Ref magically gets up and it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. You're okay. And he sees Drew McIntyre walk away and he doesn't question it. Mm. Wow. That, so that triggers you. But the thing that we saw on AEW Dynamite doesn't trigger I wasn't going to point it out. I pointed it out because it's poorly done. And this was the, poorly in done in too. In the opposite way. No, it wasn't. Bro, it, it was it was the same way, same choreographed. The ref, McIntyre, and Jey Uso knew the script and they followed it to the T, just like the Bucks. Except that the Bucks just fucking did a nut shot wildly, not even knowing that the ref was was you know if they're gonna be a heel, like be a heel, don't just fucking do a nut shot and get lucky that the ref wasn't watching. Hey, he was his heels, bro. Lie, cheat, I and steal. So. Lie, cheat, and steal fucking eddie guerrero bro well let us know if you guys think that those spots were too choreographed in the comments below don't forget to like comment and subscribe wait hold on before we add i want to ask the fans one of our questions one question what sponsor match do you guys think is best from worst and i have it right here sponsor match bray wyatt versus la knight in the mandu pitch black match Texas Chainsaw Massacre deathmatch between Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Hardy. SummerSlam Slim Jim Battle Royale between several WWE superstars. Or the match we just finished watching. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name Street Fight between the Don Callis family, Golden Jets, Paul White, and Kota Ibushi. Hit us up on the comment section which match do you guys think is the best to worst. Which one did you like? Which one did you didn't? Well, yeah, definitely let us know in the comments, but uh, keep that triggered energy because we are triggered wrestling stay triggered bang bang <laughs>